Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. I am the one thing in life I can control. I am inimitable. I am an original. I am not falling behind or running late. And that's a quote from the play Hamilton by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And that is a favorite quote from today's guest. So welcome again to my show, The Profitable Photographer, coming to you live in San Diego. Well, actually, it won't be live when you listen to it. And I am just so excited about the opportunity to support you in whatever you dream of. So I just want you to know if you can dream it, you can see it. That's a quote I also like. Um, Please share this with others because sharing is caring. And I have gotten some really nice feedback that these podcasts have made a huge difference in people's lives. My guests are brilliant, as you will hear from today's guest. So letting others know, you know, don't keep this uh, light in the bushel because I'm really grateful (laughs) when you share. I'm a little bit, I think I had a little coffee today. I'm a little wound up. Anywho, (laughs) I want to uh, share a little about today's guest, Daryl Glade. He actually has an education. (laughs) He has an MBA and a JD from Loyola University in New Orleans. He was a top realtor in Louisiana for 10 years. And then he saw the need of realtors for professional photography And so he co-founded IMOTO Photo. I'll have to ask him what that means. Almost 10 years ago to serve that unmet need across the United States. Wow. Also, as a thought leader and innovator in the industry, he realized that the needs of realtors and photographers were changing. So he co-founded Rocket Photo. It's an online marketplace that connects Realtors with Photographers. So Daryl, thank you so much and welcome to my show. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Um, So you and I haven't met, so I don't know uh, your story other than I know you got your start in photography because of real estate, maybe, or maybe (laughs) you were doing photography before. So tell me a little about your background that wasn't already, you know, in your bio. (laughs) I came from a long line of art lovers and artists, and uh, my grandfather was a photographer. My grandmother was an art gallery owner, and uh, so I've really loved photography my entire life, but never really got into it professionally. And when I was a real estate agent, I was hiring a friend of mine to shoot my listings and just saw that there was something there and that we needed to get something started. So we started Emoto Photo. And that is a combination of image and photo into one word. So Emoto Photo. And okay. we started that about 10 years ago, and we've been rocking and rolling ever since. And so what does Emoto Photo do? We only do real estate photography. So mm. anyone listing a house for sale or for rent, be it a real estate agent or a homeowner, they hire our company and we send out photographers. And we capture all of the marketing content that that person may need to sell that house. So photos, floor plans, videos, virtual staging, virtual twilights, that sort of thing. Mm. So tell me about the 
real estate photography industry, and I know that there are people, uh, well, I think I know, so you can clear this up, people that are independent, that find their own jobs, there are companies, um, I imagine there's other options. So can you kind of give me an overview of real estate photography and the then the potential profitability of it? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. There is a mix of businesses and individuals involved with real estate photography. It goes from that one person who may shoot for just friends while they mostly do event photography on the weekend, all the way to companies like Emoto, who have a regional or even a national presence that have a number of independent contractors working for them in terms of photography across the country mm. and all sorts of things in between. And that's really why I started Rocket Photo was because I felt like that shift of what people were looking for was a relationship with an individual photographer. Mm. But oftentimes those photographers don't have the systems and tools that the bigger companies may have. So it's hard for an individual sometimes to get into the industry because there's a lot of things that are expected of them and they just don't have the capital to build it, to build a profitable company. And so with Rocket Photo, we built all of those tools for the individual photographer. So now they have the same tools at their disposals as the, the, the larger companies like Emoto. So uh, I think that's the direction that the, the market is going right now. So absolutely the ability to be very profitable now in real estate photography. So the industry is going to where people are wanting to hire their own, like a real estate office or even a specific realtor. Is that how you pronounce it? Realtor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not realtor. <laughs> Realtor, yeah, realtor, realtor, realtor yeah. Um, that they might want to have their own self-employed photographer that they call on. And so that that's becoming more natural or more popular than hiring a service. Is that what you're saying? Well, there's this natural tendency for individuals to have a personal relationship with the third party providers that they work with. So agents really want to be able to call a single photographer or text them and say, hey, can you come to my new listing in a couple of mm -hmm. days or something like that, rather than having to go through a large company. And, and this includes my company, Emoto, by the way, right. where you have to place an order online or you have to talk to customer service or there's certain rules or regulations that any company has to have to function, Ooh. but that individual photographer may not have to have those things. Maybe they will answer the phone at eight o'clock at night when other companies are closed. And so, and then not only that, those individual photographers can typically charge more attractive rates since their overhead is much lower than right. a large company. And so now the realtor is really succeeding because they have that personal relationship. They're getting much better, potentially much better service because it's one-on-one. -on -one. They're paying lower prices and they have a little more availability. Mm. I, I was actually thinking that a person could charge more as a solo because they're offering a higher level of that one-on-one -on -one relationship service. So in your experience, not true, partially true, depends on the relationship. What's your thoughts? You know, real estate agents, realtors are very price sensitive. Yeah. They have a lot of options right now. They have individual photographers to large companies and there is a general average pricing in each individual market. So even though, yeah, they may be getting better service or more one-on-one, -on -one, that sort of thing. Ultimately, they only need the photographer when they have a listing. It's not an everyday situation. Mm -hmm. So 
they're going to be getting great service a handful of times a month at most on average. So they're they're likely not going to be interested in paying much more than the average going rate unless the photographer is able to offer a whole lot of services okay. in addition to that. So what I'm guessing is it would be potentially more profitable, however, for someone because you're not sharing the the income. Like if a realtor pays $200 to me directly, I get to keep that. If they pay you and you've hired me, then I don't get $200, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You hit it right. <laughs> you hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> and, and I don't so and I don't need to pass go either to collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But but you're exactly right. The 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 individual photographer can charge a little lower, but they're still gonna be making more than they would if they were a contractor for the larger companies. Yeah. What are the other benefits? Of being in real estate solo. photography? Solo. Oh, 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 of being solo. Well, you know, number one, you set all the rules. You're your own business. Business and uh, you're able to work with whomever you want, and you're not dependent on someone else giving you your income, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's your effort that sort of prescribes how successful you are. And that actually relates to that quote in the in the beginning of the podcast. You are the one thing you can control, right? So mm-hmm. you can control your Facebook ads and your Google ads. Uh, you can't control the company you're working for. And who knows what sort of marketing that company is doing? Are they generating enough business for you? Mm-hmm. When you're solo, you get to make more money and you get as much as you put into it in return. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I can see how if you have... Or if I were to do this and I had like 10 people who were active, excellent realtors <laughs> <laughs> who who listed a lot of houses and sent me steady work, it would be so much easier to be working with people that know, like, and trust me and I like them and I know what they want. You know, I can customize things a little to make them happy, probably get more leads would you say? Because some may be like, oh my gosh, you got to try so-and-so that I know in my business, um, Daryl, which is uh, portraits and I did weddings for 12 years, but in the portraits, I love working with my repeat clients because I know what to expect and they know what to expect. So am I right in that, that that's another fun plus? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're able to find a handful of clients that are better than average realtors in in terms of getting new listings, you can work with them nearly exclusively and just basically have repeat business over and over and over again. And that's really goes in line with what Rocket Photo is all about. And I also have another class on its rephotographybusinessbootcamp.com. And it's just basically helping people really very similar to yourself who focus on other parts of photography, but want to be working a little more during the week and just don't have the, the background to set it up. And what realtors want are very specific things that they need with their services. And so that's what we're we're saying. If you get the right systems in place, you can pretty much generate a, a ton of profit during the week when otherwise you may not be working. And then on top of that, once you do a really good job, of course, you're going to get referrals and your business is going to grow without you even trying potentially. Right. So why would someone want to be a real estate photographer? You know, that's a great question because real estate photography does get a bad name around photography circles. It's not 
you're not able to charge the rates on a per shoot basis as say wedding photographers or portrait photographers. And, and on top of that, it can be a little much because you have to drive to the shoot. You have to deal with an agent, potentially you have to deal with their client, the homeowner. You're expected to turn the shoot around the next day in terms of final products. And again, you can't really charge an arm and a leg for it. And so a lot of photographers say, well, if you want to shoot Real estate, it really has to be architectural grade. You have to work with a developer and do really high-end stuff to make any money. And I say that that's patently incorrect and I'm proof in it in that I have started multiple businesses in the lowly real estate photography niche. And if you are able to build the systems that allow you to process your orders and manage the orders very quickly, you're able to make a significant amount on an hourly basis if you put all the numbers together. And in my class, one thing I say is, say it takes you an hour at the shoot, including drive time to shoot 25 images, let's say, and you charge 150 bucks and say you outsource the images or even you do your own editing for that one shoot. It's really only going to take you a little over an hour to to do it, maybe an hour and a half. So you're making 150 or 100 bucks, 150 bucks per hour. And if you're able to do this a handful or a handful of times or even more than a handful of times during the week, that's a lot of monthly profit that potentially you're missing if you're just shooting events weddings, portraits. And of course, in this day and age of COVID-19, we're shooting less and less events, of course. So this could be a great way to maintain your professional photographer status in a sense without having to get a desk job and you're able to branch out and still earn an income with your camera. Right. So I was going to ask you that. I know that headshots, which I really hate that term, but executive portraits (laughs) and even the branding uh, higher end executive portraits are actually booming right now. Is that also true in the real estate market in at least the areas that you're familiar with? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, right now we're seeing across the country, a, a ton of orders coming in and it's staying very solid a little longer than it has in years past. The closer you get to Halloween and then the closer you get to Thanksgiving, that's when there's a pretty major drop-off in terms of demand for real estate photography on a life cycle, you know, the annual cycle. Yeah, but that's normal. It's not a COVID situation. Right, right, exactly. But I believe because of COVID, we're seeing the demand stay higher a little longer than we normally do. Mm. So right now we're still very, very busy around the country, even though, you know, in March and April, we weren't because of all the uncertainty, of course. But so, so there's, even with that, I would say things are still going very well for real estate photography demand around the country. Well, and I would think as a photographer, if someone is nervous about being around people right now, it's a nice little option. Like I would, I did a, a session this weekend and it happened to be, I'm in San Diego. I don't know if you know that Daryl, mm-hmm. it happened to be like, it was 85. Uh, yeah. It was a beautiful day. And we went to a Coronado Island to where there's this ferry landing and I've never seen it so crowded there. Wow! And people were pretty mask compliant. Um, my clients of course couldn't wear a mask. I did when I could, but I needed to move it aside to instruct them. And they are people I've worked with every year. Uh, So, you know, I know who they are and how careful (laughs) they are. But Mm -hmm. 
I would have felt much more comfortable just taking my gear, going into a house <laughs> with no people or one, you know, whoever, you know, if there's someone there to do that. So yeah, I can see that. So I would like a little bit of a walkthrough of what you bring and how you photograph a typical home. I know, you know, there's the options of bringing lighting gear or doing HDR and sandwiching them. And I don't know if that trend is is fading right. or what. So can you talk to me about what is popular and, and yeah. all that good stuff? Absolutely. People- yeah. The only equipment you need is obviously your camera and uh, a wide angle lens. Uh, we typically like to have full frame cameras and I don't know, 16 to 35, 17 to 40 lens, something like that. And you really only need that one lens and a solid tripod. And if you have all of that, then you can art, you can get started immediately for the most mm. part. And if you haven't done houses yet, just go to YouTube and you can type it in. And there are a bunch of very good free tutorials on how to shoot a house. And the reason I suggest doing that is, of course, professional photographers know how to use their equipment, but it's more along the lines of what the realtor is expecting, what the client wants. Mm -hmm. We have to remind ourselves that the main use of the photos we take are for marketing material. While there is some beauty in our photos, we're not necessarily creating art. We're creating the marketing pieces to help sell or rent a house, of course. So definitely make sure you know the approach and you can get that very easily on YouTube. And then what else? In terms of the expectations, you certainly need to have the photos professionally edited, either by yourself or outsourcing. There are a lot of outsourcing options now. If you're doing a lot of shoots, you really should be looking into outsourcing. I know that can be a uh, touchy subject with professional photographers, but agents want the photos by 8 a.m. the next morning, the day after the shoot. Yeah. And if you're shooting 10 or 15 or 100 or 200 shoots a day, it's very hard to turn that around unless you have a team of editors working for you. Right. And I even think the newer age, newer photographers that are only shooting a handful a day should still be using an outsourced editor because you should be using that time to help build your business sure. to drive more revenue, of course. And again, going back to that comment, which is we're creating marketing materials. There is a specific look that the agents expect, and you may have a more artsy view of how the photo should look. And some agents may like that. Some agents may not. So you really need to determine what your clients are looking for. And that's easily determined by talking to them, of course. Mm. And um, yeah, so you want the outsourced editing and then you need online payments, you need online ordering. And there are a lot of services out there. I'll plug my own, of course, Rocket Photo, where it's it's free. You create a profile and you have all of these services that agents are expecting, like online ordering and scheduling and virtual tour creation and photo delivery, that sort of stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know what, if you don't use Rocket Photo, that's perfectly okay, of course. It's so it's just just know there are certain systems that agents are expecting. And many of you may already have those systems in place mm-hmm. for your other in, uh, other uh, photo shoot. Right. So do you do HDR so that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So right. So, so in terms of the editing, there is a multiple schools of thoughts. And of course, if you talk to one photographer, you'll get different answers. Uh, I do see a lot of single exposure editing. I see flambient. And then of course, we do see the HDR anywhere from three exposures to five or seven exposures. What is flambient? It's a combination of, of natural lighting with flash. 
So you're using oh. ambient lighting and flash. Ambient. Flambient. Yes, yes. I like it. So <laughs> but, I I want to share something that I learned about doing HDR. And you probably know this, Daryl, but when you shoot raw, you only need three exposures with HDR because in raw now, we get two more stops of information in the highlight and shadow area. So let's say you do something and you meter it and then it's exactly right. You know, let's say it's so do you use a high f-stop like f11 f16 yes. yes. okay so let's say you you do f11 and that's the perfect exposure and shutter speed you know whatever <laughs> 125 or 60th so you actually have in the highlight you can pull detail back in up to two stops and in the shadow so now if i did one that was two stops under which would be f56 and two stops over, which would be, is it 22 from 11, two stops? Now you have six stops of information. You've got all of it. Wow, yeah. And so then when you, and I learned that Lightroom, and I think Bridge does this, or Adobe Camera Raw, you can click the merge into HDR. And then I love Nick filters. Have you ever used Nick filters? And You I know, can't. I haven't. They're fantastic. Oh, wow. And they have an HDR a feature in the suite. I used to pay $700 every year or two to up- update my Nick. And now they're like $150 for the whole set. Wow. And so then when you take that, that uh, new file that gets created by just clicking those three, hit play, boom, it's done. Then open it in, H- in the Nick HDR and you have little sliders and editing choices super fast. So anyway, little hot tip. A lot of people may right. not even know that I know some technical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually had a friend that started doing some uh, real estate photography and he was doing HDR and he was taking forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, a learner. So I'm like, let me figure out the fastest way. And it's like, oh, Lightroom, you just highlight those, click these buttons, boom, it makes a combined thing. Boom, open it in Nick's HDR, do a little this, little that. Beautiful. So all right. Anywho, I'm a problem solver. Okay. Um, let's see. I had another question for you. So basically you don't need to bring all that stuff unless I assume if you got a high-end architectural job or some like billion dollar house that you might want to put little flashes around. And like I've watched workshops where people showed how they lit a home and they have like seven flashes and (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you can do that. But in this situation, what I hear you saying is it isn't required. It isn't necessary. It probably doesn't even make any sense to do more than either the HDR or the FHDR. No, Flamby. <laughs> I love it. You're, you're exactly right there. You know, what you were describing is what I would call architectural photography. And that's just me, sort of how in my brain, I I separate them. And where most of my professional career is found is right in the average, the heart of where you're going to get the vast majority of your shoots and orders from, which is the average listing. Of course, the average listing is different in San Diego than it may be in, say, New Orleans. And so the price points will be a little different. But for me as a business person trying to generate the most possibility, the most leads, I found that going after that average house to average to perhaps 
25% higher than average is a great sweet spot because with real estate photography, you get paid on a per shoot basis. So mm-hmm. I want to get as many shoots as I can. And that billion dollar house we were talking about, there's not that many of them out there in terms of as it relates to the average house. And there's a lot of competition with photographers that really know what they're doing. And they have a, a million flashes and they've got a giant staff and they're going to charge a ton of money to go out there and shoot the house over the course of many days instead of 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so there absolutely is that opportunity to get there. But I find that the biggest opportunity for any professional photographer is just the normal average real estate agent, the one that's right. selling a lot of houses around the average list price. Yeah. So this is a little unrelated, but um, since you sold oodles of homes as a realtor in Louisiana, um, so were you in New Orleans or so Mm -hmm. I want to know like how fun it was to go into these historic homes and like just a little, I don't know. Was that really cool? (laughs) It was, it's very cool. Yeah. The the housing stock here is really interesting. We have a mix of, of course, the the older homes. And then we do have a lot of mid-century modern homes built in the Mm fifties. And so there's a nice, nice housing stock here. And I actually got my start right around Hurricane Katrina. Really? So I sold a lot of flooded homes. So to see where they were in terms of the damage and see how bad and just awful it was. And over the course of the next handful of years to see what was happening in terms of the renovations of those houses mm. is really just incredible. You're, you're right. It was really cool to be able to see and, and to go into these houses. Yeah. Did you watch the HBO series, Treme? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. So I um, loved how in the course of the series, it started out right after Katrina and then you begin to see the the city come alive. And I don't know, you were starting to say something. Yeah. The music scenes that they recorded are typically very bad, but the way that David Simon did it in Treme, just beautiful. The music was factual and real and the way the spaces were shot are actual bars and and music venues here in the city. And it was, it was pretty outstanding. Yes. I've um, with PPA, I've gone three times to New Orleans for conventions, Mm -hmm. actually two times. And one, I went on the way to the Atlanta convention (laughs) and yeah, it's just such a great city. And I think if I was going to be a real estate photographer, I'd maybe want to move <laughs> to somewhere like New Orleans so that I could get into these homes and, and photograph them or I don't know. Yeah. Charleston it, it, or. Yeah, absolutely. Because San Diego, uh, we have a lot of those. Um, well, we have mid-century modern and then we have a lot of the 80s, 90s kind of uh, Tuscan uh, influence houses that where you could accidentally walk in the wrong house and think it's yours. <laughs> people have done that so anyway this is a little side side trip to uh, real estate but what I've convinced myself of with (laughs) this question is that it could be really fun and interesting to um to get to get into different homes and see how people decorate, see, you know, the architecture and all that, that it's, it's not just burger flipping that do you find that side of it interesting? 
You're absolutely right. The Every home is different and there's going to be different layouts. So you may have a standard set way of how you want to capture the room, but you're going to have to think on the fly and because this angle may be the right angle in terms of training, but there's a couch in the way or something, right? Mm -hmm. And so you need to be able to think creatively. And this is the part where I sort of is at odds at when I was saying we weren't creating art. You are, you do have to be very creative to get the right shot. And mm -hmm. so by saying it's not art doesn't mean there's no creativity or uniqueness to it. And so you're able to go in and capture the house the best that you think you can. And each house is different. And so it is definitely not cookie cutter when you're shooting the house. What I want to see is a more cookie cutter situation when it comes to order management. I want mm. your your business to be set up to have the same way the orders come in and that they're scheduled. And then after the shoot, you go through the same process every time with editing and photo delivery and payment and virtual tour creation. You can have the before and after set up cookie cutter. So it's the same thing all the time. Then you're reducing the amount of time you spend per shoot, which ultimately increases your profit on an hourly basis per shoot. Right. And that's how you become a very stable and valuable real estate photographer. Mm. And I think that's true with, with any uh, niche mm -hmm. is having things systematized, um, getting help with those things that aren't making us money. Like yep. the first thing I did when I started uh, making a profit and some excess, as people, if you listen, a lot have heard is I hired a housekeeper. I do not like cleaning houses, but I like a clean house. <laughs> and um, there is zero reasons for me to, you know, <laughs> vacuum unless uh, my housekeeper has a, you know, has to take a day off or something. <laughs> um, it just that frees up not just time, but psychic energy. Do you know what I mean by that, Daryl? Like, yeah. It's one thing off your to-do list. And so I was talking to somebody, a potential coaching client, and I don't know if you've heard the word, but uh, selling wall portraits is my superpower. And so imagine what it's like in my house when I've had three or four great clients over, let's say three weeks. So one a week that each one has ordered three to seven large portraits and I've ordered them in a batch. And then my, my lab has shipped them to me and I've got, I don't know, like a dozen boxes show up. <laughs> that would take a whole day to unbox, but it would probably sit in my, or wouldn't probably they have sat in my dining room taking up space and kind of that psychic energy of Lucy you need to open that you need to open that you need to, uh, uh. so I always have somebody that um, is thrilled to work you know even eight hours a week to come in and open boxes and do data entry and check orders in and make sure that everything is there so yes systematizing and letting other people do those things that aren't aren't bringing in the do-re-mi, right? I think. You yeah, yeah absolutely. That. There are yeah. so many services out there like upwork.com or TaskRabbit. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there's no reason to waste time on a task that you can, I guess, for lack of a better word, outsource to someone else so that you can focus on the things that truly do matter. Right, right. Okay, so I want to talk about uh, drones. So is that something you feel that is a must for someone getting into real estate or an option. Um, talk to me about droning. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so it, the short answer is it's absolutely not a must. There are plenty of real estate photographers and photography companies that don't offer drones. Now, the flip side, if you are a drone photographer, it's very hard to only do 
drone photography and capture the market. People do, of course, but what agents want is they want the same photographer to shoot their interior stills along with their drone photos. So it's unlikely, unless they don't have any other choice, that they're going to hire just someone with the drone and then hire someone else to take the interior shots. Mm-hmm. So if there are any listeners that just, just do drones and you want to get into real estate, I highly encourage you to look into doing the, the still photos as well inside. But I'm a big fan of drones now. In the beginning, I wasn't because there wasn't much federal guidance on how you can use them on a commercial space, mm-hmm. uh, in a commercial setting rather, but now there certainly are. So it's very easy. You can get your part 109. Uh, all you have to do is take a test. I took the test and passed it. And it, it, it does require a little a little studying, but it's not nothing very tricky. But I like the drones because again, it goes back to profitability. If you're already on site, if you add even just one additional product, say you're adding a drone photo, you know, five, uh, five, five drone photos or even a drone video, again, you're increasing your profit per hour. You've already driven there. You've already made the sale. Mm-hmm. You, you're making, you're already doing the interior shots and to capture five drone photos, it'll take you 15 minutes top. Mm. And then you just throw that into the same systems that you have with editing the other photos. And you're able to charge a significant amount up to, you know, on on average, 200 bucks for five photos, maybe 300 bucks, depending on your market Mm. for 15 minutes of work and, and maybe five minutes to deal with the editing. And so you're really helping yourself in terms of profit on a per hour basis. And it, you know, this idea of being smart in terms of trying to increase your hourly rates, that's a bit of a mind shift in a sense for some photographers, not all, of course, but the idea is, again, we're running a business here. And if we can take the right steps to make sure we're generating the right profits, you really can do quite well with real estate photography mm. with, with without much background in it at all. So um, I'm, I'm like having an idea here. I'm sure it's not original. <laughs> all right. That if if I were going to do real estate photography and I didn't want to mess with drones myself, maybe I could hire somebody that goes with me. And while I'm inside, they're outside doing the video, doing the stills and so forth, helping me get the equipment in the house. And then they do their work outside. And then we're, we're done in a shorter time. And then we go on to the next job and possibly I'm paying them by the hour rather than the job or something. Does that, does that seem like another way to kind of outsource physically and increase the sale? Yeah. And you're well on your way to having, uh, hiring another photographer and then another drone uh, pilot. And so Mm. now you're building your real estate photography empire. You took the first Ah. step already. (laughs) Wow. Reading an empire. I love it. I love it. So there's there's ways then to turn this and so i really appreciate this conversation because i have had coaching clients who wanted to do real estate photography either as an add-on or it was one of their ideas for a specialty so you've helped me understand more than i ever have before uh, about a lot of a lot of the details you're talking about so all right thank you for that let me see. I think I'm like squeezing all my little questions out of my brain that I would ever want to know. <laughs> um, so what is a range? First of all, question one, yes or no. Are the prices that you can charge different region to region? Yes. So an average four bedroom house, two bath, 
sort of decent yard. What are the ranges in, let's say, a middle, you know, not New York <laughs> and, <laughs> and not, yeah. uh, I don't know, Tupelo, Tupelo <laughs> Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, what kind of pricing for an average 2,200 square foot home? What yeah. do you see? as ranges on that that are pretty normal. Yeah, for 25 images in that market that you're talking about, it's anywhere from 150 to 200, $225. And it really just depends on all of the bells and whistles that the photographer provides. So if you always give blue sky editing, so if you edit out a gray rainy sky and always put in a blue sky, that's worth something. Are you giving Mm -hmm. them free virtual tours, which is just a URL dedicated to that web, to that property? Uh, Do you do an elevated shot with a tall tripod? Do you do free 24 hour turnaround? You know, all these different things that real estate photographers offer, then you can drive more of a price point. And so, you know, if you're able to do all this stuff, I would say the biggest competition is in about that range. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you're just getting starting out, if you're starting out, then try to offer perhaps on the lower end and, you know, maybe you can break in pretty easily. So what would it be in New York since I brought that in? Uh, you know, New York, it's all over the place <laughs> Okay, be- because City. you do have $50 million homes that want that the $3,000 or $5,000 photo shoot with video mm-hmm. and everything. But then you certainly do have the, the typical apartments in Brooklyn or anywhere in New York area. And people are charging 200 bucks, 300 bucks for that as well. Okay. So it's not like double, it's maybe 25% more in a, or 25% less depending on the region. Is that a good yeah, way? It, it, the best way to do it is, is to go uh, wherever, whatever market you're in and just Google real estate photography, New Orleans or Tupelo. Oh. And, and then you'll see all of the different photographers that are up there now and seeing their price point. You can also go to rocketphoto.com and just enter your address and then you'll see all of the profiles of the local photographers with their pricing right there for you. So there there are other ways to to take a look at it, but you know, it's, it's really not drastically different. Like you said, it just depends on what you're providing. Are you doing that two day shoot? Well, yeah, you're going to charge a lot more, but if it's a normal in and out in an hour, an hour and a half, then there, there, it all hovers about the same pricing, give or take. Um, Let's see. Remind me to ask you about the spinoff and the headshots in this, but what I'm hearing is what's different with, let's say, newborn photography is if you start Googling what people charge, people charge anywhere from nothing, pocket change to thousands of dollars. So it is not a good gauge of what we should charge as children or family photographers looking at other photographers. But in the real estate game, there are some, it's a little more of a standardized not standardized, but like there's not going to be someone that's doing $25 and there's not going to be someone that's doing $2,000 for the same scope, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, You It won't be that drastic. Of course, you will find outliers, somebody who's charging 50 bucks for unlimited photos. Right. That person is not, is never going to last as a real estate photographer. Right. Um, I just wanted to uh, have my listeners here that Googling in other uh, specialties mm-hmm. is not a good way to set your prices. But in real estate, what I'm hearing is that it is a valid part of your research. Yeah. If you find a company online that has a legit website that looks like it's 
been around and focuses solely on real estate photography, you, that's, it's a pretty good guide to, to get a general average pricing. If you're seeing someone that does every single type of photography and real estate is just one of say 10 disciplines that they do. That's a little less trustworthy, I would say. Right. Um, but you know, if you, if you find the, the companies that look like that's all they do, that's about, that's a pretty good gauge. I would say. Got it. Got it. So I'm coming back to, um, I said, I want to ask you, is there like, I can see a nice opportunity for this to also help you get headshot business, which I've had friends who've called me up and said, I don't have money to pay my bills right now. Do you have any ideas? And I've said, call up some realtors and set up a little background and have a headshot day and bring in five, six, seven hundred dollars. Um, so have you is there a crossover potential there because you're working with realtors anyway? Right. Yeah, we there there absolutely is. Our photographers often get requested to do new headshots. For the agents, you also get the other random business. Someone's having a party, or someone's having an office party, or someone's mm-hmm. opening a new office and want to have some stock photos for their website. So with Emoto, we all of those leads. That's the, the photographer gets to keep all of that. We don't. We're real estate photographers. If they generate more business, that's great. That's a great side benefit for yeah. being one of our photographers. But th- that's a like you said to your client. The there's using that angle can actually generate more business for real estate. So what we've done in the past is called up offices and said, we're going to have a a headshot station set up. We'll do it for something really low, whatever that pricing may be, just to get the business cards. And if we get 50 agents that come through, yeah, we make a little money and pay the bills for our time, of course. But then now we have 50 leads to try to add to our register of clients for real estate photography. And you could go sort of both both ways, you know, back and forth mm-hmm. in terms of gener- using the headshots to get real estate or using the real estate to get the headshots. Right. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to have two questions for you. And uh, dear listeners, don't forget to stay tuned for my wrap up. Um, so now's the time for your brief shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you have a special offer. So I know rocketphoto.com is uh, the one that you've mentioned. And then um, is there a link for the the other for Emoto? So how do we get yeah. in touch with you? <laughs> yeah. uh, of course, I am on LinkedIn. So reach out there and uh, rocketphoto.com if you want to look uh, to create your own real estate photographer profile. And also if you want to go even further and create your own larger real estate photography company, I'm coming out with a boot camp, uh, a class basically. It's rephotographybusinessbootcamp.com. Yes, it's a mouthful, but the whole idea is that that's we're going to be hosting a class there. I'm just finishing it up now. So give it a couple of weeks or sign up on the, the message me and we'll let you know when that class is ready. And uh, of course, Emoto is emoto.com, I-M-O-T-O.com. Great. And then um, you had an offer for an upgrade if someone signs up? Yeah. Yeah. If, if someone signs up, go ahead on rocketphoto.com. Go ahead and email me, daryl at rocketphoto.com, D-A-R-R-Y-L. Let me know that you are a listener and that you heard the podcast and I will upgrade your account or will upgrade your account to premium membership for six months for absolutely free. Awesome. Okay. Second question is, is there something you either 
haven't shared yet or something you want to like put the exclamation point on for our listeners to just want you to have the chance to kind of share that last heart or that last bit of wisdom? I would say ignore the noise. If you look into real estate photography, you're going to see a lot of noise or hear a lot of noise about one thing or the other that you need this type of camera that you can you have to shoot flambian and not HDR or what have you. There's so much business out there that your style will shine through as long as you have a professional business that you can present to the real estate agents. You're going to find clients who like you, who like your style regardless of what the noise and chatter online may say. So mm. stick to yourself. Know that what you do is certainly good enough and that there's just so much business out there that all different sorts of personalities certainly have great opportunities. Thank you for that. I think that's true in life in general. <laughs> <laughs> and especially when people around us are saying, that's a dumb idea. That won't work. It's too competitive. That's some noise a lot of people get. Oh, yeah. And I believe that if we stick to what's inside of us and our passion and our commitment and do the work because it's not rocket science mm -hmm. to use one of your words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes creativity. It takes effort. But it, when we believe in ourselves and we do the work, success is inevitable. That is what I believe. Well, Daryl, right. thank you so, so much for reaching out, for being on my show. And I've learned a lot. So I hope the people in now, Daryl, I'm in 64 countries, not me personally, wow. but 64 wow. countries. That's and great. Like Kuala Lumpur. And uh, I have a lot in Colombia and it's just, it's thrilling to know that That's great. Um, we get to support people around the world um, to have profitable businesses uh, doing what they love. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on my show. Thanks so much for having me. This was a whole lot of fun. I agree. Thanks, Daryl. So before I do a quick wrap up of our guest and what he had to share, um, just a reminder, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know people you'd want to have my show. I'd love to get ideas for people to have on the show, uh, answer any questions. So you can just go to lucydumascoaching.com, Lucy with an I, and um, send me a little message and um, I can support you. So I found that. So I found this discussion with Daryl Glade very, very interesting. He talked about how you can turn real estate photography into a very viable and financially profitable business. He said that there are companies that um, hire photographers and you could certainly get a job uh, working for uh, companies like that, or you could be your own business. And there are services that connect realtors with photographers. Uh, he, you know, without uh, doing too much plugging, he let us know that he has a service for that and would certainly love to have you part of it if this is something you're interested in. And he said this is a very active uh, money-making opportunity right now in the COVID world. People are buying and selling houses uh, with or without, um, you know, the current state of our world. His suggestion on what you need to have is a good camera. He said that um, full frame is ideal, but you could have a smaller sensor and you need a, a wide angle lens, a good solid tripod. And he suggests you outsource the editing and a lot of the things that will not earn you as much as if you take that time to market 
or to be working photographing houses. He says you want to build systems so that you're not wasting time. And he said that photographing a house, although you can add your artistic sensibility, it's actually problem solving, which I like that. And then we talked about drones and how that can be a really nice add-on service that maybe just takes you an extra 15 minutes to either take five drone, either take still photographs and present them with five that show the property from the air, or you can do a video. And um, and there's lots of options you can offer to uh, bump up from uh, a standard fee to something uh, a little more profitable without a lot more time. And then his last suggestion is ignore the noise. So whatever you're hearing where people are like, it's too saturated, you can't make money or whatever might be chattering in your head negatively, just ignore it. There's a lot of business in this industry. And if you shine through, you will find great clients. So um, if you listen to this again, Daryl, I want to thank you for opening up more possibilities for some of my listeners that maybe didn't think about how this could be fun. So Uh, That's it for now. Stay tuned for next week. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.